0: I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over a hundred speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're gonna enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom.
1: Uh, Previously co-founded a a SaaS company back in 2015, um, grew to Series B funding, and exited as the business model was shifting and pivoting. Um, Just dig in here. Um, So in the next 20 minutes, we'll talk about three different phases of the finance function for startups. Um, Those phases can be broken down into planning, reporting, and analytics, and strategy. I thought it would be helpful to give a little bit more context on myself and why you might want to listen to what I have to say. Um, So in uh, my experience co-founding BotKeeper, um, we were on a mission to develop and automate the bookkeeping function for small businesses and startups. And I led the finance and operations team, again, grew to over hundreds of customers, substantial ARR, and left at the time of our Series B funding. Um, The gist of... Uh, my experience there was I oversaw a lot of small business uh, bookkeeping and accounting and could see a lot of red flags in how small businesses were managed. And so I left to pursue my passion, helping startups and small businesses um, and giving them that financial level of expertise that they really need to uh, be more successful. Um, In terms of... um, uh, myself, um, I also volunteer as a mentor with Mass Challenge, uh, do a little bit of angel investing, and have supported over $150 million in capital raise through debt, equity, and uh, uh, M&A activity. Um, again, the three, three phases here that we'll be running through, um, technically, any business should start with a high level strategy, of course. Um, but we'll talk about more operational businesses uh, and their planning. Um, If you're on the startup journey today, um, most of uh, the examples I'll be drawing from come from companies that are in the 2 million to 5 million ARR range and trying to scale quickly to 10. Um, And so uh, these principles, I think, can be applied to any startup, any business, but will be most relevant um, to you if you're in that uh, 2 to 5 range. Um, Diving into planning first, there's Really, to put, put it simply, um, when you start a business, you'll do some initial modeling. It should really be a quick and dirty way of evaluating the business uh, sustainability and feasibility. And oftentimes, this is a top-down model used for fundraising purposes or just to substantiate how you'll go, uh, go to market and if this is a, an opportunity worth pursuing. Um, it's usually a combination of assessing the total TAM and achieving some sort of penetration over time um, more more uh, more commonly known as the the budgeting concept um, a lot of companies create a budget and rarely stick to it or report against it on a regular basis um, best tips and tricks for budgeting make sure you're aligned at the corporate level and in your goals um, this involves bringing all the department leaders in so making sure that sales and marketing are, are aligned, um, and the product team is building the product that the sales team needs to sell. Um, once everyone's aligned, you can finalize the budgets um, based on what those department heads need to achieve their goals. And um, typically, this process should be done 30 to 90 days before the start of your fiscal year. Um, oftentimes, I see startups doing, scrambling to do this in Q1 um, and it's not ideal. Um, also for, in terms of planning, forecasting is really critical. Um, a budget is nice, and it creates a point- in-time uh, reference point as to how you're, you're thinking your, um, how you're thinking your business will operate over a course of time, but forecasting and roll, a rolling forecast will give you the ability to make changes on the fly um, based on actual business performance. Um, In terms of, uh, I guess, next steps, so um, here's just a a quick snapshot. Every year, uh, we would host a a founder retreat, do a deep dive planning session, highly recommend this. Um, Not only will it be beneficial to um, building team camaraderie, but also um, unplugging from the day-to-day chaos of growing a startup, and um, very, very useful in that. Um, And so... Uh, just to recap, I guess, on, on the last topic of planning, it's really important that you set a good plan um, and that everyone is aligned. Without that, um, there'll be, uh, everyone runs in different directions, and it's hard to achieve your goals. In terms of the next uh, phase of, of the finance function, uh, reporting and analy- analytics is, is really critical. Um, and this all starts with the foundation of bookkeeping. Um, Sort of the concept of um, garbage in, garbage out can be applied here. Um, If you don't have good data going into your systems and good data integrity, the reporting is hard to rely on. Um, So historical reporting, kind of relatively basic, but uh, Ben does a great job of teaching and explaining some of the concepts on the importance of a SAS chart of accounts and a SAS PNL in order to understand uh, critical uh, metrics and outputs of your business. Um, uh, in addition to the historical reporting, there's uh, variance analysis can be done. And typically, companies will do this at the, the budget level and say, all right, our board approved this budget plan to achieve $5 million in ARR. We're tracking to achieve four. You know, that's not great. Um, and how do we course correct? Um, or... On the Converse, we're tracking to hit seven, and do we have the right resources in place to, um, to uh, achieve those goals and, and support that growth? Um, variance analysis also should be done on the forecast, uh, the rolling forecast that you do. And what that does is helps you dial in the assumptions used in your forecasting and your planning. Um, in terms of uh, KPIs, SaaS companies have particularly, a particular set of KPIs that investors often refer to. Um, There's been lots of discussion on this, and again, Ben does a great job of teaching these core concepts um, in his course. Um, What's becoming more and more prevalent today is uh, the importance of the rule of 40, profitability, sustainable growth, and less on growth at all costs. And so, highly recommend dialing in some of those core metrics um, and making sure you have a good way to, to get that out of your um, out of your finance function, um, we have a template SaaS uh, charter accounts. Um, one recommendation here is to um, really break down your revenue and your Cogs by product line or, or by revenue type. Um, I see a lot of companies where they will, you know, maybe have subscription revenue and, and uh, professional service revenue broken out, but they don't necessarily break out the Cogs, and as a result. It makes it really difficult to understand your gross margin by revenue line, channel, um, and when those questions come up in fundraising or just as you're trying to make decisions, it's really difficult. Um, The other thing that some startups um, often fail to do is really having clarity on functional spend. Um, There's a few different ways you can do this. Most startups uh, that we work with use QuickBooks Online. A lot will use class tracking in order to uh, do that, but we prefer to do detailed. GL accounts in the system, and, and this just allows it to roll up cleaner when you're reporting month over month. Um, you get a much better, uh, cleaner uh, insight into how much you're spending on each department. Um, here's a quick just example um, of a company that I've helped uh, in their growth effort. Uh, this was a healthcare startup. They raised some early funding um, when they were getting going, um, built out the product, went to market. Um, and they were kind of bumbling along um, it wasn 't until year five or six where they actually took time to get their finance function right. They had all sorts of um, challenges in that period with cash flow and um, a lot of that stemmed from bad basic bookkeeping functions um, they maybe not invoicing timely or following up with customers for payment um, not not thinking about um, just their, their operating cash flow and so um, By investing in the finance function and and personally taking the time as founders to understand it and put the right framework in place, um, you're much more likely to uh, achieve the growth uh, that you're looking for. Um, The third pillar of the finance function is really strategy. And it's hard to uh, think strategically when you're deep in the weeds with day-to-day accounting or you can't trust the data that's coming out of your accounting system. And so a lot of finance teams and startups are spread thin, closing the books, and doing other accounting functions. Um, and they have very limited time to zoom out and think strategy. Um, really important to do that. And um, uh, where the focus should be is on big picture results. So where are the, the big opportunities to swing for the fences, and move the needle on the business. Um, oftentimes, companies will focus on cutting costs um, as opposed to growing revenue and growing profits. And um, I think it's important to, to balance both. Um, there's, there's all sorts of other strategic initiatives that need to ha- happen in terms of thinking big picture. So how do you reduce risk? Is the company scaling? How do you improve your cash flow? Again, operating cash flow more critical in today's environment than it has been. Um, in the last four or five years. Um, So really focus on on the big picture. Um, Finance teams need to manage lots of different relationships. And so this is something that, um, you know, if if you're not doing this well, um, it takes time and energy. And not only do you have to manage relationships with your core team, the executive team, um, any finance team members, but also uh, the board of directors, um, investors, key vendors, and customers—all people that you should be uh, building trust with uh, along the way—and um, it'll uh, pay pay massive dividends down the road when uh, wh- when you uh, you know are introducing a new product line and uh, trying to get testimonials from customers, et cetera. Um, in terms of the the third uh, pillar here of strategy, it's really the fundraising M and A piece, and this is. Um, there's all sorts of great tips and tricks on on this process in general, but um, can't recommend enough. Start the process early. I see lots of startups that um, you know get into a, a crunch, and then it's a scramble to raise capital, whether through debt or equity. And um, it's never easier to raise money than when you don't need the money. So um, put you know a line of credit in place when you can. Um, maybe venture debt is an option. Maybe it's non dilutive capital, um, but establish um, the uh, flex the muscle to secure the capital and access the capital before you need it. Um, be, uh, the, the other piece there is fundraising takes a lot of time, and it's basically a full-time job. So um, if you think it's going to take you six months to raise funding or nine months, um, especially in today's environment, double it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not uh, an easy uh, environment to be raising venture, venture capital in today. Um, be open-minded and inquisitive when you're when you're courting uh, investors. Remember, it needs to be a good fit, and so don't um, don't jump at the big check uh, check size. Make sure there's there's a good fit culturally, and that they'll be able to add more uh, to your startup than than just the dollars. Um, with that said, there's a lot of value in uh, taking dollars from less sophisticated investors because they might be a little bit more hands-off have fewer opinions on how you run the business and be a Little less demanding day-to-day. So try to balance that um, as as you're navigating the fundraising process Um, Trust but verify. I think this holds true um, in terms of investors uh, often doing diligence on on you also do your diligence on them Um, there are many sources of capital in today's environment and um, all, all good for various reasons, um, but uh, make, make sure that they're a reliable, reputable uh, partner before, um, before uh, signing, uh, signing on to uh, work with them long-term. And then last but not least is really move quickly. Um, time tends to, to kill all deals, and this is true in sales and selling products and services, but also um, in the fundraising process and, and particularly in the M&A environment. Um, seen lots of deals go sideways just because they couldn't get through um, uh, through, through a, a closing. Um, so here's another quick example um, company early on. Uh, this company invested in the finance function a little bit earlier in their life cycle. Um, they had some uh, you know seasoned founders. Um, they knew the importance of having a good financial model and running a tight process. In terms of budgeting and forecasting and as a result um, you know they achieved growth significantly faster ultimately they were able to um, sell at a a very uh healthy multiple um very quickly into the the company life cycle so um if you're uh thinking about you know uh, finance as a cost center um you kind of have the the wrong mindset um, because it really can help enable uh, growth and, and ultimate success. Uh, so we talked a little bit about planning, reporting, and, and strategy here. Um, the, the, I think the, the biggest takeaway I have for everyone is um, keep, keep things simple and um, uh, invest the time into these this area of your business. It's it's really not a cost center. Um, when it's, when it's done properly, there's massive ROI on the finance function. And um, the focus should be on creating value, not trimming the budget, um, although it is important to, to uh, spend within reason um, uh, and not grow at all costs. Um, also, make sure everyone's aligned on the plan. So in your, um, in your efforts to um, plan for you know, your annual, uh, annual budget, Uh, Make sure that it makes sense and the sales team has the resources they need to achieve the ARR growth you're looking for and make sure that the development team has the resources they need to build the product that you need to bring to market. Um, um, And then through that process of planning, you can create an accountability system. Um, The the core today is make sure the business is sustainable more than anything else. um, And you'll set yourself up for success. Good uh, reference point here is uh, Built to Sell. If you haven't read the book, Built to Sell, highly recommend it. Um, just great, great examples of um, building a business that has real value. And it gives you flexibility to either raise capital or um, you know, exit, if, if that's what you want to, want to do at some point. Um, thanks, for, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. All right. Thanks a lot, Andrew. A lot of good stuff. uh...